Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Adela Marcy Unplugged, the host of the most, as always, and the copywriter and the wizarding word, oh sorry, the wizard of words that work in your favor. I have no idea. I make shit up all the time. It's brilliant. Anyway, today's guest is someone I've been looking forward to actually having on the show um, because he's incredible at what he does. In fact, I was one of his clients eight years ago, which is a fact I only found out after looking at his website and going, oh my God, I remember this. Uh, the one and only master of outsourcing the just outsourcing stuff to the Philippines and actually making your life super easy. Uh, the one and only John Jonas. John, welcome to the show. Hey man, thanks for having me. This is awesome. Uh, glad to be here, man. Glad to have you on here. It's brilliant. By the way, guys, quickly heads a shout out uh, to our sponsor today, which is of course One VA Away. There is a challenge on there. When you go there, you can always check it out. It is basically how to make your life super easy, make your business a little bit more hands free. And most importantly, having more fun with your business than uh, crying over it. Basically, how you can have a fun business and be bored all your time if you want to be bored. Or watch Tiger King copiously like I do, because that's what I that's what <laughs> I do. That show is fucking crazy. It's a car crash. But real quick before the show begins, guys, if you head on over to iTunes, hit me with a five-star review if you love the show in the past. If you're new, listen to the end of the show and leave me a five-star review, because I know this is going to be a good show as is. Share it with your friends, like it, and get, let's get started. John, my question to you right off the bat is, why the fuck the Philippines? So it's super interesting. I, when I got started, I mean, this is in 2005 when I hired my first person in the Philippines, I had tried a bunch of stuff, and I was so frustrated, and, and I had figured out outsourcing sucks. And, yep. and, and I think a lot of people have that experience, like you've tried, you've tried uh, Odesk, or well, it was Odesk at the time, now it's Upwork. Oh God, um, you, that, that, I remember Odesk as well. Do you remember Rent-A-Coder? I remember Rent-A-Coder and I, like my first, my first experience was with Elance. Oh my God, Elance. I fucking forgot about Elance. Yeah. So, um, and I think a lot of people like think, oh yeah, this will be great because I don't have any commitment here. What, what they find out eventually is, oh, this is 100% turnover because uh, that's how the system is built. They, they have to have 100% turnover. And in a small business, that's really, really hard. It's hard to work like that. So, so I had tried India. It didn't work for me. Um, and I had a conversation with a guy that owned backcountry.com. And he passed away a couple of years ago. But uh, he told me one time, when you really start outsourcing some of this stuff, make sure you go to the Philippines with it. And I was like, really? Like, what? You know? Because... Because who, who would think like, oh, a different country will make a difference, right? I just thought outsourcing sucks. Yep. It's a headache. It's a problem. And he, he told me, no, like there's, there's some reasons for it. And he gave me a reference where I could hire someone. And I, and I waffled and went back and forth for a couple months thinking like, oh, I can't, I can't afford someone full-time or I can't keep someone busy full-time. I ended up doing it. I took the leap and I hired this guy full-time the way he had given me this reference. And it was the most liberating experience of my life. Yeah. Where... So in the Philippines, they have this set of cultural differences that are different than anywhere else in the world. And I didn't, I had no idea at the time, but they're honest with foreigners. They're loyal almost to a fault. So yep. when you hire them, they'll never quit working for you as long as you treat them well. And that's a critical piece. They, ha they all speak American English. They have computers and internet access. So you don't have to go through a service to hire them. It, you know, you don't have to take a markup on them. Um, they're not entrepreneurial. They don't want to steal your business. So there, there's like a whole set of cultural things that makes the Philippines different than anywhere else in the world. And over the last like 10 years, the world has kind of woken up. I, I would agree. I mean, it's a little bit more expensive than it used to be back in like 08. Like I remember I got my first um, 
I got my first VA, also Filipino, to do all my SEO work for me. I literally taught him my SEO strategy. And I remember even saying to him after we stopped working together, I was like, dude, if you want to take the stuff I taught you and like run with it, feel free to become like someone that knows that because you know exactly how my business works. He was like, no, I'm good. I was paying this dude 200, like I was paying him 200 bucks uh, a month at the time. Um, and I had, like, I was like, how the hell am I going to afford this? I was like, you know what? Just do it. It's like 200 bucks at the time. I didn't have the money. I was like, just do it. I did it. I guarantee you, I, that 200 buck invent, uh, investment was bringing me back $4,000 a month commissions because he was running all my sniper sites, making sure I had content on all of them. He was buying domains for me. He was doing research for me. Basically, this dude was building small profitable websites for me every month. And they would just, they would always bring in money. I have the exact same experience, the exact Best same experience. experience. And, and so today that person is more like $450 a month or $500, which month. isn't it's even not, that much. It's not even that much. It's crazy. Right. Um, yeah. but yeah, like why didn't he go and do it on his own? Well, he's not an entrepreneur. Why didn't he go on? I mean, what you taught him how to build a business. Yeah. I did the same thing with the guys. This guy built me a business. Like he built the website, he wrote the content, he did the SEO, he did the pay-per-click, he joined the affiliate programs. The business was making me 10 to $15,000 a month and every month he would write me a report saying, here's how much money we made this month, here's how much money we spent this month, here's what I think I can do to improve this. Right? That is incredible. And that's, I mean that, so why the Philippines? That's why. Yeah, and here's the craziest part as well. Like I, and one thing that you have to say is that you treat the people right and treat them well. You treat them well, they'll stay with you forever. Like when I had Oliver, like to this day, I still speak to him every so often. Oliver's a fucking G. Like he started his own business afterwards and his business was to do with like rice and uh, agriculture. And I was like, sweet, if I can help you out, ever give me a call. Didn't still hear from him every so often. Really good dude. But one of the things that you just said there that really touched the point, I used to try and get him to up his prices. Like, dude, I'll pay you 300. I'll pay you 400 for this. And he was like, no, no, I'm good. You, you actually cover my expenses. It's perfectly fine. It means I don't have to work extra hours. I'm okay. Whereas at the same time, um, I can guarantee this as well. When you start, when they sign a contract for you, they will honor that contract. There is like nowhere, as long as you're specific and clear and you're like, look, this is what I need done. I need done this time. The only difference I'd say is make sure you have concessions, meaning it's not like a super 100% rigid, like schedule that they can't even get out of. Like if they screw up, you're going to scold them because that's, human nature we're going to screw up every so often but if you have wiggle room in it and you're like really nice to them yeah you got like a person for life and the crazy so you hit is, on so many yeah you hit on so many things that are so important that you i don't i don't know that you had that you knew how important these things were so probably didn't <laughs> like with the philippines it's we often in outsourcing we often think oh i don't know if i can trust this person right yeah because that's our nature you don't think that person on the other side of the world is so much more worried about trusting you than you are about trusting them. They think, I don't know if I can trust this boss to pay me or to not yell at me or not get mad at me. And so if you like the fact that you offered to pay him more, I'm sure gained so much trust of his or tr so that he trusts you. And then once he, once they trust you, once you gain their trust, that's when they're willing to like go above and beyond because it's a third world country. It's hard to find a full-time job in the buildings. And so if they find a, a job that's going to pay them reliably over a long period of time, it's really good for them. And they are generally willing to go above and beyond what you've asked them to do to keep that job. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's, that, that's a really big deal. Um, 
treating them well. I see a lot of people that are, that are like, oh, it's, it's a robot on the other side of the world. If they don't, if they don't work out, just fire them, right? Like, Let's just hate that. They're people. It's a, it's a human, right? Like you didn't hire a thing. You hired a person to help you and they're going to make mistakes. And it's not going to be all roses and, and you got to work. Like it's not a magic bullet. But if you figure it out and you do it really, and you do it well, dang, it'll change your life. It really is. It's one of those things. It's like the next thing that I'm looking at because um, I'm actually leaving my, so I'm leaving my mastermind. Like I'm in a mastermind right now. By the time the show comes out, um, I'm probably going to be like skipping a little bit around from that just simply because my business has kind of got all it needs from it for the time being. So I'm like, yeah. that, that's the cool thing about masterminds is that if you join one and you feel like, you know, I've got the best stuff I can out of this. I'm going to move on to another one. It's all good. I, I'm still going to promote the crap out of this stuff because it's brilliant. But at the same time, the money that I'm going to be taking from that mastermind that I'm now saving is 100% going into hiring like more VAs so I can actually get my life a little bit easier. It's kind of weird. Like, you know, when you don't, you forget that there was an amazing part of your life at one point and then someone reminds you, you're like, why did I stop doing that again? I make more money now. I should be able to hire someone. <laughs> so one of, along those same lines, here's one of the things that, that it took me years to figure this out, but... Um, one of the things that I always recommend to people that they do when they start, like you're going to go hire a VA, you're going to hire someone. What most, the advice that most people will give you is uh, go hire someone to do something you don't know how to do and focus on what you're really good at. And unless you're really good at making sales, which you actually are. Okay. But, but most people are not right. Nope. Unless sales is the thing that you're good at you should not outsource what you don't know how to do. You should outsource something you do know how to do so that you can get better at sales. Yeah. Because sales is what makes drives your business. Yeah. That right? is the driver. And most people suck at it. And so they, they instead outsource, they're working 60 hours a week and they're overwhelmed and they outsource their website, which when you outsource your website, it's not a simple thing. So you hire someone else to start working on your website. You just gave yourself 10 more hours a week. You're not going to manage that person well. You're not going to manage their process well because you're already overwhelmed and you just gave yourself more overwhelming, right? Yep, so, you gave yourself another reason of things to do. Yeah, right. So in my experience, my advice is hire someone to do something that you know how to do and that you can teach someone. Because when you do that, it, you're going to work 65 hours a week the first couple of weeks. And then you're going to work 55 because you've got something off of your plate and then you're going to repeat it and you're going to repeat it until you're at a manageable lifestyle. So yep. since let's see, it's been, my daughter was born in 2007 since 2008, I've worked about 17 hours a week. Fuck. That's like, that's exactly what my life wants to go to. Cause like the more, like even while we're speaking right now, just so you guys know, I've been sat down here just like taking notes of like, what can I outsource? Like, what do I actually know that I can either teach and get someone else to do and sort it out? And the good news is cause I have, um, I actually have a copywriting program that shows how I think and breaks down my exact processes. And I call it my Rosetta stone. It's known as the copywriters room, um, uh, dot com. Like anyone wants to go to it. It's a thousand dollar program. Basically it's the ideas of like how I take anyone that is even remotely into it. Like they could be someone off, like they could just barely speak English um, and barely write in English. And I can like go through my process and if they can get a decent grasp of the language, 
they'll be able to get to like a D or a C, they'll be able to get to a C class copywriter stage in a fairly short space of time. Like there's a guy I took on that literally went from, um, what was he doing? He was a janitor. I taught him how to write copy. Three days later, he closed a $1,200 sales lefty gig, like three days after doing it. Which I think that this is like any inter internet entrepreneur, learning copy is the number one thing you should do. Not that you should become a copywriter. No. But you, you have to learning know enough to write to sales copy, it changes everything. It changes everything about the way you'll think about your business, about the way you treat your website, the way you treat customers, learning sales. That was one of the first things I learned. Who, was your, who did you go with first? I'm guessing either Halbert or Carlton, or was it someone else? Uh, so I learned some from Joe Vitale. Amazing. Mr. Fight uh, is actually, he's a decent writer as well. That's the crazy thing. He's a decent copywriter that just dominates the self-help niche. Yeah. And then I remember Michael Fortin. Um, and then there was a couple of, I mean, there's, you know, like scientific advertising does a lot of it. Um, yeah. so anyway, learning sales copy, learning to write sales copy is like, I hate writing copy. I hate it. Like yeah. you like it. I despise it. Um, yeah. but, but I you're know dangerous. how. You know well, enough, you're, you're dangerous enough to know what good and bad is. Yeah, that's right. And I can look at something and be like, oh yeah, no, this has to change, right? Or enough to say like, oh, this isn't going to work or this is probably going to work, right? And that, that right there is a big difference of like, is, is this going to be compelling or is it not? And if you don't know this, then you're just going to write crap and you don't really care. And once you, once you know, it's like, oh, there's a whole other world out there. So yeah, you read... I, I would recommend people get your copywriting courses like the first thing you do in an internet business. It's so important. Yeah. It's, it, it's one of those things I always look at. And it's again, with everything I do, it's get good enough to be dangerous or knowledgeable in a subject in order to outsource it. Like for instance, the, the reason I say copywriting is the key skill. It is genuinely the key skill. And I might be saying that cause I'm biased as fuck, I'm a little bit biased, but you need to know. Um, because a good copywriter just doesn't write advertising. A good copywriter knows marketing strategy. They know psychology. They know like the funnel creation. They know how to basically make sure shit works. They know design, like not just design. Like I can't, I can't design my own shit for, worth anything. I'm just terrible at that stuff. But what I'm really good at is knowing what looks good. I go, that will go well with this brand to make sure that this thing works out in a way that it does. And that's, that only comes from being a copywriter and taking time and doing it. And here's the best part out of it. Once you know how to do that, you can actually outsource that. Yes. And all you're doing, like one of the things that I'm going to say right now, life. So one of my gifts that you don't know about, John, because you've, uh, you've not seen this, but my audience has, I have this weird gift of being able to find someone's voice and then write their copy in their voice in about five minutes of knowing them. So like yours, I know exactly how to write your copy and everything else in between. But from that same stance, rather than me spending okay, I need to sit down, craft this thing out, sit down, go back and edit and hammer it. Now what I do is I usually pay for a transcription service. If I train a junior writer up from the Philippines and basically send them voice notes, I go, hey, I just need this like typed up in a way that you actually know the way my brain works. You got a week to do this because you get it done or it's like a month. Um, they'll send me like a, a version of that. It's like, hey, I paid for a transcript. Do you mind going through this with the way that my brain thinks? Um, from what you know, what you've trained underneath me and send this back to me. I guarantee you, I will slash so much time off writing and editing. It will be unbelievable. So much time. 
So and that's time. just and that's just with copy because you do that with you can do that with content, you can do that with graphic design, you can do that with practically anything. But I am going to ask you this: What are the three? What are some of the biggest areas that you should be outsourcing in your business that you can outsource in your business to the Philippines that work well for you? Like if you said, "Okay, let's look at your business. You want to run it. You want to run it profitably." Um, Here's my manual I'm giving you that would actually, these are the areas that you need to focus on first. Yeah. Like yeah. there's an order of things that you outsource. So I, I'll just tell you, I have 26 people that work for me full time in the Philippines and they do everything. And, and going back to your conversation, what you just said, uh, I started by outsourcing SEO because it was something I knew. I knew how to do SEO and I taught my guy how to do it and he started doing it. And then, I, and then while he was doing that, it took that off my plate. I went and learned something else. And I was like, oh, sweet. I totally know how to do this. And I see how this fits into my business. And you can do this now. I taught him how to do this, right? So I, I went, like you said, I learned, I learned everything, right? So what are the three things that you should outsource? Number one, you should outsource something you know how to do. That's the first thing. Something you know how to do, something you're good at. And I don't care what it is. It doesn't matter what it is. You could be a programmer and the first thing you should do is outsource programming, which yep. that was the second thing I outsourced because I am a programmer. Um, so uh, outside of that, just general things that I would say to outsource are number one, social media marketing. Um, social media is a gigantic time suck. And people so often think, oh, I'm doing marketing, but really you're wasting your time. Get someone else to waste their time and to do the marketing and you can oversee the process and still get it done really, really well. So that's, that would be the number one thing I would think. Okay. So before we head on to the second thing, sorry, just real quickly, I want to jump, jump into this. So what, what parts of social media marketing would you actually outsource? Because there's some things like Facebook lives, obviously you would do or videos, but like, how would you outsource that? Cause I'm curious. So a Facebook live, if you're the face of the business, you wouldn't. Right. right. But, Okay, I'll be totally honest here. Uh, I don't know jack about social media marketing. <laughs> uh, I hate Facebook. I don't have Facebook or Instagram on my phone. Um, I, we have a Facebook page that has hundreds of thousands of likes or whatever, or followers or whatever. I've never made a single post on it. Um, I didn't even create the page. My, I found the page one day and was like, hey, did one of you guys, I sent this email to my team, did one of you guys create this page? Like, cause I found it and it, and it looks, I don't know, it looks good or I don't know. And one of them was like, yeah, I thought we should have a, a presence on social media. So I created it, I hope that's okay. Oh my God, that's, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, fuck it. I'm not even gonna bother trying to be like, I'm gonna teach you some shit. No, nope, you go run, go I, run no. and do your thing. And it had like 8,000 likes on it at the time or something, I was like, I, I don't really know, right? Well. <laughs> Then they, I was like, no, I don't want to do that. No, I don't want to do that. No, I don't want to have social media junk going on. You got leave the page, whatever. But they kept pestering me like, no, we should be doing this. No, we should be doing this. Fine. What's your plan? How are we going to do this? Well, we'll do this and this and this. And I was like, okay, that sounds good. So to be honest, I don't really know. I, I don't really know what, how. This is basically the cookie elves for you, isn't it? They are basically the cookie elves for you. They, I mean. Isn't this what you thought business would be when you got yeah. into it? Like, oh, like Facebook marketing is crap that should be done and it's getting done, but I don't want to do it, right? Yep. Or I have someone else that does paid marketing, Facebook paid ads, right? 
She's mm-hmm. pretty good at it, I think. I don't really know, but it gets done, right? Um, so social media marketing would be the thing. You're not gonna outsource Facebook Lives because that should be you. Although I do have one of my girls in the Philippines interviews uh, other Filipino VAs who have like, you know, we get people telling us every single day, like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. This is so amazing. I, I have a job and this is awesome. So she'll interview them video interviews and I have an editor, a video editor that's full-time. He edits them. I have a social media person that promotes them. We, I have a, a webmaster kind of person who puts them on our website, whatever. Right. So that's, that's part, part of my team and our process of, of like social media stuff. So now that you know that I don't really know Jack about it, um, that's actually no that's actually a really that's a really reassuring thing because there are lots of people that listen to this going oh my god i have to learn social media and i have to do this i have to do no you can outsource that like get good like even with our philosophy of get good enough that you know what you're doing yeah. you can still outsource stuff where you like i don't know what i'm doing here but they do it's making a result let's go see what happens and right. to be fair most people that are listening to the show have a Facebook page. I actually are on Facebook and are actually trying to, they know, they kind of know what they're doing. Like they know how to get to the objective they want. Hire someone to do that objective for you that lives in the Philippines. Yeah. So I'm, I would be willing to bet. I mean, I would put money on if someone listening to this looks at our social media presence, they'd be like, Oh, you suck at this. Like, this is terrible. And, I, and I'm like, well, you're probably right. I don't know. I know it's generating leads. I know it's making sales. I'm sure we could do it like 100 times better, right? Right. But if it was me, it never would have gotten done at all. Yeah, this is just free money at the moment for me. Like this is free right. leads and monies because otherwise I would never have touched it. Right. We're like, I do everything. Everything gets done in my business. Like we do SEO, we do content marketing. I have good customer support. We do, we, I have someone that posts in forums as me. Wow. Like, cause I don't want to post in forums, but I know it's effective, right? So we do everything. Um, I just don't do any of it. <laughs> it's a smart way of running your business. So, okay. I know there was a second. So we've got social media marketing one. What's the second? Okay. So s- number two, typically for, for most people would be customer support. Like, Super simple to hire someone to deal with customer support and just get time back in your life, right? And mind space as well. Could you imagine like if you're getting, if you're a, just as an idea, if you're a copywriter, imagine if you had a VA that basically all your clients mailed in and your VA was, was basically told what the responses would be. If someone sends you a message going, hey, I need this done ASAP and then trying to like rush their way to the front of the line. Your VA can, like this is the truth thing I have with my personal, I have a PA um, that, that is, uh, it's a pretty good friend of mine, so I hire them every so often. One of the best emails they ever wrote for me was basically a response back from them that just says, uh, yeah, we can rush this, but it'll cost you an additional $10,000 for the adult to even do so. The reason is because he's actually got a, he's got a very strict schedule and you want to mess with the schedule. It's, 10 grand, it's a 10 grand bump that you're going to have to pay. I do not have the balls to personally say, I do have the balls to say that, but I don't have the thought process to be like, yeah, let's do that. Because in my head, I'm like, okay, cool. I can see if I've got time to fit it in. Whereas my PA was like, no, fuck that shit, dude. I'm just going to show you how to put like an extra 10 grand in your bank account. It's like, why is that? Because I want two of it. Fair enough. Totally. Right. And that's it works. like, it's, it works. Right. Right. Um, so you got your, you got your customer supports outsourced. You got your S, uh, your social media marketing. Or SEO or 
something that you're good at, right? Um, and then the, the third thing would be either like so many businesses need design work, which is so easy to get design work done and you hire someone part-time or full-time depending on your needs or, or it could be programming if you are in a, if you're building software or content creation, like businesses thrive on content creation, hire someone to write content. Mm-hmm. So, and then beyond that, like, dude, there's so many things. There's so many things you can outsource. Anything, anything that can be done online or on a telephone or on a computer, you can find someone in the Philippines to do it. I would agree. You can probably pretty much, and you can probably train them to do it better than you can. And that's a, that's a big deal. Like you're going to train this person. Oh no, I just want to hire an expert. I don't want to talk to him. I just want to hire someone who knows it. No, 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 it doesn't work. You, you still have to spend time with this person. Even if you don't know what you're doing, you still have to do things to gain their trust. It's a cultural issue with the Philippines. If you don't gain this person's trust, it is not going to work out. Yep. And gaining trust involves time and feedback. Yeah. One of the best ways that if you guys really want to do this, is quite, uh, and I'd love to get your input on this, the way that I am planning on doing this, but the way I did it before was if it was something I didn't know how to teach, I'd just be like, dude, this course is absolutely amazing. It supposedly teaches you all this stuff. Could you do me a favor? I'm going to buy it. I'll send you my logins. Could you go through it and just send me some feedback on a report on what it's like? If it checks out and you think it's perfect for the business, let's start implementing those strategies right away. So not only have they actually picked up a new skill by taking time to learn through something, but I now have a, I have a field report. Basically it tells me the notes of what I want to go through. Be like, yeah, no, this actually completely works. Please let's go through this. So I have, I have a caveat for that and, and some advice for it. And I'll tell you how I've done this. So awesome. I, okay, here's a story. I bought a course years ago that typically this was, this was probably 2008. I, before that I would have bought something because it looked awesome, right? Like, dude, right. this is a silver bullet. And I would have bought Mass it. control 2.0. Right, right. <laughs> probably about that time. Yes. It was as well, yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and I would have bought it and I would have gotten distracted by an email and never even looked at it because it's just too much. Right. Mm -hmm. But this particular course, I bought it and I immediately downloaded it and I went and I immediately read the book because I knew I'm not going to implement this. I'm not going to, I'm not giving myself one more thing to do, which that's the biggest problem is we already have too much to do. Even the thought of reading this thing and learning something new is one more thing. It gives you guilt because you know, you can't implement this. Right? So I did it the opposite. I knew I'm not going to implement this. I'm going to give it to one of my guys to implement it. So I read the book and I took notes on specific things. Like, so, so I sent an email to him after I'd read it and I said, I'd sent him my notes saying, look, read this book. I want you to pay specific attention to these chapters and these pages because they're super relevant and super important to our business. I want you to ignore this chapter and these other three things that he says to do in here because they're not relevant to our business. So that piece right there is really important when you're going to go through something like this. So like on the other side, I've bought stuff and given it to my guys and been like, Hey, let me know what you just like what you said. Like, let me know if you think this is good or not. But what I need you to be careful of, this is what I'll say to them. I need you to be careful that 
you don't feel like you need to implement every single thing because I didn't go through this. This isn't, this isn't training from me. This is training from someone else. Because here's the problem. So in the Philippines, they don't want to let you down. Yeah. They don't yeah. want Oh my to. God, they don't. That's the biggest deal is like, this is the number one problem you'll have with, with working with Filipinos is uh, they'll disappear. And if they disappear, it's because they're worried about letting you down. And if you give them a, a training course that, so like this came from their boss, they, my boss gave me this thing, I need to go through it and I need to make sure I do every single thing in it. And it's like, well, you can't write this headline because you're that's, not a copywriter. That's not you. Right. Like, and then, and then they're super worried that they're going to mess it up and you're going to be disappointed. And that's when they disappear. Right. So, yeah. Cause like, especially if you have a history of not exactly uh, being cool with them, that could be a situation. Huge problem. Right. Uh, you'll lose your worker. So it, when you do this, you send this to them, you send your, the product that you bought or you send something that you have read or, so I'll go through stuff usually knowing I'm not going to implement this. So I have the time. I can put the time and the energy into it. And then I know better. And then they do the work, right? Or you have to say to them, look, you're not going to implement every single thing in this. Uh, you can feel free to ignore things that you can see are not relevant. Or when you come to a thing that needs a decision made, tell me what that decision is and I will make the decision. And uh -huh. that is really big. Oh yeah, for sure. Cause they still, again, it's one of those things. They don't want to be the one to have the title of I'm running everything. They're like, no, I'm running this in place with someone else and they're giving me this job and I'm happy. Um, and the other thing that I was actually going to say, so again, whenever I like, this is the thing that I've got more of a plan. You've totally got me thinking about this, which is excellent. Um, I hope everyone else is. So to give you guys an idea, one of the ways I'm doing this for my business or you know, I'm thinking of it and it's get, I get the joy of asking these questions out loud to the expert while they interview him. So you guys all get to listen along and see if I'm right or wrong. It's, it's, it's a complete win-win, essentially a free consultation for me, if you will, <laughs> kidding around. But legitimately what I was going to say was the thing that I really want to do is, uh, cause my course, cause, cause my own training actually does teach people to think like me, like how I see things and the way the psychology breaks down. That's the first thing I'd actually get my VA to do, even if they're not going to be writing copy for me. And the whole reason for that is quite simply this. You now know how I think. You now know the methodology that I believe in. When you take anything, you'll be like, would adults think like this though? There's like that element of like how, if I give you a copywriting course to be like, hey, could you study this copywriting course and just send me the notes back? You, if you don't know me, you might be like, okay, I've got to check the headlines, sub headlines, blah, blah, whatever it is. Whereas I'm like, hey, no, I just need the outline methodology that he's trying to go through because you know how I write and just say, does this work with my actual system? If the answer is yes, please pick just the parts that will, that will look good. Otherwise, yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Totally. Totally. I mean that, and that is, it's so dang good. Like that's, yeah. it's one of the things that I do. Like if I hire a writer, the first thing I'll do is say, Hey, Here's my blog. I started writing it in 2003. Go read every post I made. Right? Then all of a sudden, you have a pretty dang good idea of, of my voice and how I write and how I think and what I write about. Right? Exactly. And you know exactly where my brain is going. Same with this podcast. I have like over 200 episodes. Like that's like, it's like well over 200 hours worth of content. As a, as a PA, if I just hold like, hey, listen, if you just listen to these pod, the, my top 10 podcasts, this is what I sound like, go listen to that. And I now need to write that kind of content in that voice. I need to just write that out. So do you mind, would that be something that we can do together? They're like, yeah, of course they've got, they've been geared with my voice. They know what I sound like. They know how I speak. And I'm like, just write how I speak. 
and just clean up my grammar just a little bit, please. That's all I really want done. Happy days. You now got content forever, essentially. Yeah, yeah, so good. So yeah, for someone just starting, then you yeah. don't have you didn't start blogging in two thousand three. You don't have two hundred episodes to send someone, right? So let me just give you a quick way to start teaching someone stuff. Um, the way that I do it is with Snagit. Ooh, nice. Um, so Snagit is screen capture software, screen recording software. Like it sits open on your computer, you drag it out, and it, it's going to record your screen, and your mouse, and your voice, and so I'll just talk my way through things like, hey, you're working on my website. Let me show you these other three websites that I really like. I like what they did here, and I like this one because of this, and I like this. And I'm talking, and they're seeing my screen. Not seeing my face. They're seeing my screen and my mouse. And then I'll say, like, oh, with my website, here's what I want you to do. Or, like, here's this process that we're going to do. You're going to go here and get, grab this data and put it into this spreadsheet and do this. Right? So I'm going to talk through this whole thing. And with Snagit, the magic of Snagit is you click Upload. And it uploads it to a server for you. It uploads it to the cloud and gives you the URL. There's no FTP. There's no That's amazing. hosting or whatever. You just click paste into an email. And they now hear your voice, which builds trust. They get training from you, which was super easy for you to create, which builds their trust. They understand exactly what you want them to do. And now you're, you're teaching them your way of thinking because you just talked through this, right? Yep. So you're not even making it complex. You're like, oh, yeah, by the way, this is just how I would do things. And this is an idea of who my competition is that I kind of want to like emulate and be slightly better than. I'd love your input. Exactly. That's, that, it, it's essentially because um, it's kind of weird, like listening to you talk about how the culture is different there. It's very similar to how Tibetan kids are raised. I don't know if you know like Tibet, the Tibetan kids raising philosophy. I'm really, I should just point this out to everyone. I have, it's not that I have a shitload of free time in my hands. What I have is I'm a copywriter. So our job basically takes us to the weirdest fucking places on the internet. Like my browser history is questionable, not for like any like nefarious purposes, just you'd be like, why was he looking at that? Like <laughs> if, if, if at my, if it's actually in my obituary, by the way, uh, not my obituary, my will, that when I die, they have to read my last, like my last uh, ten days of existence web browser at my eulogy, just so I can see how, like, just to fuck with people. Like, why was he looking up Tuve and Throat singing at his age? Like, what the hell was he doing? Just give <laughs> clues. So, with the age of Tibetan raise, like the way the Tibetans raise their kids is, they initially give them freedom from a very young age for the first five years. So they go, we're going to treat you like a king from zero to five, and then from five to ten, uh, we're going to basically treat you like. They say the, the loose translation of slave, but it's basically you treat them as a child. Like you do all your chores, you do the work, you make sure you like, you build character, you do character building things that basically every kid does anyway. Then from 10 to 15 during their rebellious years, you treat them as a friend. You treat them as and say, look, I know what you're going through. And occasionally you ask for their advice. And finally, when they're 15 and onwards, you treat them as a fully grown adult that makes their own decisions, but you respect who they are um, and they respect who you are. And very similarly to this is what I'm picking up is if you do just the latter two parts where it's like, they're an adult, but you're like, Hey, I want to treat you as my friend, but I also want to get your advice initially because I'm going to teach you, but I want to get your input. Tell me what you think would work well. Even if that, even if that input is, you know what? I really don't know right now. Let me go look and I'll come back to you in a week. That's brilliant because they'll come up with an idea that you probably either had or you didn't have. So it'll either validate existence or it'll actually work in your favor. So either way you win, which is incredible to me. Quick question though for you. 
Um, and I guess this is, could be one of those things. Actually, I'm going to pause this for just a second. I want to ask him something. So like one of the other things, so we're back. So it's just a real quick question because I didn't want to say something and have my foot in my mouth and be like, oh no, I've got to surgically remove this. So one of the, one of the companies that you guys own is, uh, that you started actually was onlinejobs.ph. Now my curiosity abounds to like several things here, but the biggest one starting out with is if someone's listening to this and go, you know what? I really want to outsource what I do really like I'm a content writer or I'm an SEO or whatever it is. I want to outsource this one thing. How much money should they start looking at as the starting point to invest a good amount of money? Because I know you teach this in one VA away, but specifically if they were listening to this one, okay, I got to get a budget together. What would it be? So the, you're, you're talking about like, what, what am I going to pay this, this VA? Yeah. Like how, like if I was sitting down and I was doing my monthly budget again, okay, I got to put money aside to get this VA and that's going to free up my time. Uh, how much money would you start putting in? So here there's, there's two things. Um, number one, uh, paying more. So typically a more experienced person is going to cost you more. This is what it is. Yep. Not always. And if you recruit well, you'll find on the, on like you got the lower end and you got the higher end and like from the spectrum of like the middle of the road to the higher end, there's not a ton of knowledge difference, but there's a big salary difference, right? So just, just be aware of that. First of all, like you don't have to pay top dollar to get really, really good work done. Right. Yeah. And um, you can also, if you train them well as well, they'll stay with you for a long time and just get better over time with you. If that's something you can progress as well. With. Okay. And that is like, that's to me, that's the best way to do this is to hire someone who's like, like middle of the road and then train them well. Right. So, so then the other side of that is how much do I need? Well, you know, like a beginning person's going to be 400 bucks a month. Like someone who doesn't really know anything, depending on the industry, someone who's really, really good at it, it's going to be $1,500 a month. So what I recommend you do is go onto onlinejobs.ph and search like you're looking for a graphic designer search graphic design or graphic designer or design or logo design or t-shirt designer, whatever it is that you're doing right or you're searching for a copywriter search copywriting and then you you're gonna get thousands of profiles just start looking at them and you'll see oh like here's this dude who's a he's a graphic designer with five years experience and he wants 900 dollars a month for full-time work um Here's a graphic designer who's just starting out. They're asking for $250 a month. Oh, here's another one who has five years of experience and they want $1,700 a month. Here's another one that, you know, like you'll start to get a really good idea of the specific skills people have, what alternate skills people have and how much they're looking to make. And, and I, I guarantee you'll get a pretty good idea of how much I need to set aside for this, right? So that's, and that's even, that's my process. That's what I do. Like, oh, I need to hire someone that I haven't done before. Well, let me go on and look like what exists, who, who are the people out there and how much do they cost and, and for full-time work or part-time work and what, what can I find? So yeah, that's actually really, really excellent. It's just a way of doing things. Just um, from like my own personal perspective of looking at this, because after this, obviously I'm going to be hopping on and checking out some more stuff on onlinejobs.ph. And that's a really, really good process of how you do things. Now, one of my favorite questions from this for this show has always been roughly around when uh, setbacks happen. And of course, right now, 2020 kind of was the, was a global kick in the nuts. Like everyone got a setback. Like I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone at the get go, except for a small number of people, 
would have been given a setback. Like there's like now we've been into it for a while when we're recording this, people are starting to thrive. People are learning how to adapt inside new places. They're learning how to figure shit out. My question to you is how do you use your previous experiences that you've personally had? Cause you, you've got a personal challenge that really, of course you said affects your memory. Um, how do people today adapt to these new challenges? Like how do they actually get back up when they've been kicked in the crotch really hard? Um, that's a hard question for me, man. Oh, I know. And that's why I wanted to ask it. Cause I was like, it's going to be a hard question for him, but if there's any, and okay, so here's, I'm going to guide you a little bit better on this one. Yeah. So specifically, let's just say you, you've not, you've not completely thrown in the bucket, but you've kind of slightly pooped the bed. Like it's only ever so slightly. It's not much, just a little bit, but you can still save it. So what you do, so what I would say is that would you, what strategies would you look at in order to actually start feeling a better about yourself, but B start getting your business back on track. Okay. So I recently, so I'll go back three years. I have major mercury poisoning. It affects my brain. And like, I don't remember things. I don't think properly through things. I, and, and I'm, I'm doing way, way better right now because I've, I've worked through it a lot than I haven't in the past. But I realized, I realized a while ago that like, I'm not doing the things that are most important to grow the business. Like I do easy things every day. I make sure my email gets answered every day. I, I make sure my project management system, like everybody has what they need, right? I, I respond to all of my people every day. But when it comes down to it, like I'm not doing the crap that I should be doing to grow the business. I'm not creating content, which is what I should be doing. So, and that's, that's the piece that like, I would say to most business owners, most, most internet, I'm going to talk to internet entrepreneurs. Um, which or entrepreneurs in general. People. Yeah. This is more yeah. our audience. Is create content. Create, whether, whether you make a video or you write a piece of content or whatever it is, create a piece of content every day uh, because that will pull, I mean, I don't care if you're selling rubber stoppers. Like, it doesn't matter what boring, stupid you're selling creating content about it will drive customers will drive sales it, it on the internet. It is what it is. You create content, it will drive people. So that, and that's my, like, you're in a rut. You've been kicked down. Go create some content. Sounds about right. I would agree. I would actually agree around that because the more content you create, the more it'll just come back to you. Is there a specific type of content you actually enjoy creating though? So I hate writing. I don't know why. I just. I, I don't do blame it. you. I, I'm more of a speaker than I am a writer. It's just I happen to luck out into a career that allows me to also write from time to time. Yeah, yeah. So I I usually create video content, and and I found over the years like, oh, dude, my video content doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't really freaking matter. Like I I can I can hold I can hold my cell phone out like this. You know, I, I guess this is audio. People can't see that. But, you know, I can hold my yeah, cell phone out in front of me and, like, face it towards me and just start talking at it and post that on YouTube or post it on Facebook or whatever. And there's some content. And you do that every day and it, people start listening. 
or you start a podcast and you do it, you do it enough. Consistently. Yeah. You, that's it. You've got to be consistent. That's and the big one. It'll pull you out. It really will. I mean, I feel for me, I had a bit of a rut. So I started to think like a copywriter show just at the start. You've had about a month's worth of uh, content go up. I swear to God, I love doing it. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, three times, a, like three times a week, I just post up on this thing. Sometimes I don't even know what the fuck I'm going to say. I just ramble. I'm like, oh, cool. Here's a cool idea that I've got. Man, <laughs> it works. But um, it's true. Stuff like that really helps out. One of my favorite questions I like to ask on the show. Um, so are you more of a movie person or more of, do you like fiction movies at all or no? Uh, I like them, but I'm not a movie person. Like, we just don't watch very I got five kids. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. And, like, I probably go to the theater twice a year. So, yeah, I don't see many movies. But no, You see mostly kids' movies. That's what sports <laughs> Like, what's your favorite movie? Angry Birds? Really? Dude, I got to tell you. It's just amazing. It's like, okay, cool. It's like kids. That's the movies I'm into. Okay, so, we'll, uh, so I'd say this much. What would you say, so with your kids, if you were to give them five books, business, like five nonfiction books and be like, look, you're 18. Here are the five books I'm gifting you at 18 years old to help you get your business, get your life in this way. Like basically these are the books I would give anyone to make sure that they lived a good life. What would be those five books? So that's cool because I have kids who are 17, 15, 13, eight, and six. And I've given them these books and they read these books so the the first two like my my oldest son is very very entrepreneurial and he's 17 and he like he needs the push and the drive like he he has the push and the drive he needs the direction right so i've had all of my kids read rich dad poor dad um and that's because it teaches you to don't spend like it teaches you the difference between assets and liabilities where most people think that liabilities are assets and they're not. Agreed. And that's, that's a big deal. Uh, the next one I send my kid, I have my, I had my son read was the millionaire next door because then you realize, Oh, spending money isn't what makes people rich. That's the opposite of what makes yep. people. Rich. Um, and, and to me, I think so often we struggle, people who, people who want to start a business struggle because they have all these financial obligations because they got into debt and then you can't afford to take a risk because you have all these debt payments. Where like when I quit my job, I was 10 months out of college. Uh, we owned a 1992 Toyota Tercel. You know, it was, it was a piece of crap. But, but we owned it. We didn't have a car payment. We owned a house, but my house payment was $700 a month and I rented out the basement for $500 a month. Right? So like, I didn't have any debt. And so quitting my job wasn't that big of a deal because I had made sure I, don't, I didn't have a credit card. I didn't have furniture. I didn't have a motorcycle. You know, I didn't have any of that, right? So that, those, those two books I think are critical in the entrepreneurial space. Um, next... I've had my son read The Greatest Salesman in the World. By Augmentino, one of the best books of all time. So good. Um, he has, I've given him How to Win Friends and Influence People. Uh, that was probably better for me than for him because he's so much better socially than I am. Um, 
Yeah. From, so, and then the last, I mean, the one that we read the most would be, uh, so we're pretty religious and uh, we read the Book of Mormon nice. every day. That's pretty so cool. that's, that's, a, that's a big one for us. That's pretty awesome. That is, that is you know, there is a, yeah, you get a lot from that. Not just the yeah. Book of Mormon, but I've actually found any religious text actually you find quite a lot of great lessons in. For me, I read the Quran and I get yeah. a lot of from that as well as I've read the Bible and uh, a few others because, you know, you get great lessons. If I may make a suggestion, yeah. this might actually go over some people's, uh, it's one of my most suggested books. It's one of the books I suggest to everyone that wants to either just not even be entrepreneurial, but understand humans in general. And that is The Laws of Human Nature by Robert Greene. Okay. So Robert Greene usually, uh, I'd get the Audible version, by the way, because the Audible version is 28 hours long. It is like the most in-depth book I've ever read in terms of human psychology. Like, it is ridiculous. Even to the point that he breaks down the four cycles that all humans seem to break down into, which is like the tough, like, everything is terrible generation. To the next generation, we're like, things aren't so bad, so we're going to let up a little bit. Then it's kind of like, we're going to rebel like crazy. And then it's like, let's build a community and be super soft and chill and nice and stuff. And then hard times come, and then hard people are born from that again. So you got, so it's basically this four cycle uh, process that he's like Robert Greene talks about, and like how the millennials have one that like millennials crave community, but latchkey kids crave uh, they crave um, rebellion. Like they're more rebellious, and like I'm my own person. I am like I'm my rogue state. And then you got the community people afterwards, like I want a community. I want to live with everyone. That's like the huge dichotomy. So it's a great book to read in terms of understanding people and get a lot oh, motivates them. So that's, that's that, that'd be the one I throw in. But dude, it has been a pleasure having you on the show. Like it's been so much fun. Um, guys, please go check out onlinejobs.ph uh, to start getting your first VA because trust me, you will not regret it. The second thing I tell you is go to one VA away. Um, it's a great challenge that you'll be looking at and it's actually the straight detailed report that our very good friend John here gives away, uh, gives to his, uh, that he goes through that's in depth in order to make sure that he finds the right people. I mean, could you imagine if you had 26 people running your business for you? Could you imagine the profitability that you'd be making off of that and how basically you'd be running it so you have a life where you're working? Maybe you, maybe you wouldn't be working 17 hours a week. Maybe you'd be working 30. But imagine if you were spending 30 hours doing exactly what you loved. I mean, that would be absolutely brilliant, don't you think? It's so yeah. good. It's, it's so, so true. Guys, please go ahead. If you enjoyed this show, which I believe you should have, because John just brought the goddamn heat on you. Like, he just brought it hard today. Please go check out. Please review the site. Share it. Comment. Tell us exactly what you love about it. It's always brilliant to read those. And as always, I will see you next week. Have a great weekend, guys. Cool.